Welcome, everyone, and thank you so very much for joining me for another episode of Talking Cloud. This is Grant Asplund. I'm so excited today. Now, you know, this is where we talk about cloud, all things cloud, cloud security, cloud compliance, public cloud, private cloud, drivers, inhibitors, concerns, all the different things that really you need to be giving consideration to as you take advantage of this exciting, elastic, ephemeral world called cloud computing. Now, you know I'm no expert, but I know where to find experts. And man, oh man, I got such a great one today. I'm really excited. I met George uh, many years ago. It was I don't even honestly remember the company I was with. I was speaking at a, I believe, oil and gas conference somewhere down, I think, in Houston, maybe. And I happened to actually have dinner with George. And I was just like so impressed with this guy. At the time, he was the chief security officer for a company I know everybody's heard of, Schneider Electric. Electric. But when, you know, you peel the onion and you find out the guy's got just a storied background, amazing public service, I can't do him justice. Now he's founder of a security company called Leto Security. He's a brilliant cybersecurity guy, and I'm really thrilled to have him today, George Wren. George, thanks so very much for joining me today. Thank you, Grant. Yeah, maybe just take a couple of minutes, George, and tell us about your background, who you are, what you've been through, and where you're at today, and what's going on. Yeah, well, Grant, that's 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 very kind of you. Um, well, uh, you know, since uh, since we last uh, had dinner, um, I spent uh, a bit more time with Schneider Electric, helping uh, you know secure their global supply chain and and have uh, programs around security and, and all that for all of our. Uh, customer-facing, um, you know, critical infrastructure type equipment, and very, very, very you know, a lot of responsibility, obviously. Um, and I uh, did that for about another, I guess, year and a half or so, Grant, and then uh, decided to uh, go out and pursue um, a dream that I had, and I had been working um, uh, on in my mind um, while while doing some work, uh, some 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 student work uh, as a student at MIT as as a graduate fellow, and uh, so uh, you know, fast forward, uh, ended up founding this company. Um, uh, brought it to market, grew it, um, and um, and that was about um, yeah that went on for about three years, and now I'm currently leading um, another company uh, with a, another co-founder of mine, Scott, uh, called Lato Security, uh, L-E-T-O Security, and, and Lato is the uh, mother. Uh, of Apollo, and I believe, I think the wife of Zeus, and that's where that comes from, Greg. Ah, okay, got it, got it. I was wondering. 
Yeah. So so we do cloud security. We do, uh, you know, fractional work. We do all different types of sort of and, and really that's kind of grant what I like to do. I like being out working uh, in the environment, uh, helping, you know, help, helping people, um, you know, become more secure no matter where they are, whether they're just starting on security or whether they're, uh, you know, a, a very sophisticated organization. There are always things that 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 can, you know, improve in, in a company. And in and, and cloud actually uh, is is one that holds, as you'd mentioned, uh, a lot of promise in that direction. Yeah. Uh, Grant. Yeah, you know, well, I always recall and remember you, George, as a very technical guy, but also a real strategic thinker. And so is that what Leto is all about? Is that how you're helping customers from a strategic perspective, kind of guiding their overall security strategy? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the a lot of these companies uh, can't afford to have, you know, uh, a CISO. It's just, you know, not even in their, in their budget. And um, so, you know, by offering these kind of fractional services, um, whether it be chief privacy, chief risk, chief security, it really allows companies to have really top gun kind of uh, ex- experts uh, on their team without having to, you know, um, put out uh, an arm and a leg for for, for it and, right. and getting value. So there's a value prop in there um, that I think is very important um, for for organizations to improve their security posture. Yeah, and I could see how, frankly, I I imagine that's got to be fun and exciting for you to be working in the same world that is cybersecurity. You know, you get a myriad and changing environments and challenges and problems and uh, at different points in the life cycle with your different clients. That's got to be somewhat refreshing at times. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 exciting to see them um, make breakthroughs internally, and it's uh, very it's very rewarding to uh, to to see people make progress. Um, and and I think really, Grant, the common theme is that people take security so far and then they stop because they just don't know how to take it any further. And and so it's it's great to be able to come in and um, and get people. You know, re uh, get get over the inertia, get get the program moving forward. You know that inertia builds up over time, and it's really an enemy to a lot of security programs. And so, you know, and, and as you know, in today's kind of fast-paced world, the last thing you want is inertia on your digitization and cybersecurity, uh, you know, uh, programs. Right, it's you just, want to release it, right, so you can get uh, the real acceleration that that's potential in migrating to the cloud. The cloud offers a lot of great opportunity. Doing it securely is a different challenge. I'm curious, what accelerators are you seeing in the market today? Wow, it's a good, great question, Grant. Um, So uh, right now it's unprecedented. Obviously, we're, you know, in this time of of crisis uh, globally. um, And, uh, you know, both in terms of, you know, this pandemic, as well as just from a security perspective, the world's on fire, uh, even before um, this pandemic. Um, And so, you know, I, I guess, what I'm starting to see is is a set of what I would call accelerators uh, or catalysts that are out there in the market that are driving organizations to really um, look at accelerating their business um, to, to, you know, using cloud. Mm-hmm. And I guess kind of thinking about it, um, there, there's a few things, really. I mean, one is, I guess, lack of resources. Uh, folks don't have um, or there just aren't enough either money to 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 hire or 
in some cases, even if you have money, you can't find people who are IT. I, I know when, you know, more than 20 years ago when, when we started our careers, uh, you know, you could find an IT person. You could find an IT person who understood Linux and who understood Unix or understood uh, Windows. Uh, you know, and there were a lot of uh, certified professionals in the market right now. Um, even, you know, we look at cyber and, and, and there's a huge lack of resource there. Uh, but IT, believe it or not, Grant, is really, you know, for a different reason. It's been sort of eviscerated in some companies uh, in, in many cases. Um, and then people have stopped getting into it as a, you know, as a, as a career choice. And so, so you have a, a really interesting lack of resources. Mm. You have this mobility crisis that we're in with the COVID and, and other remote um, working arrangements. Um, inhibitors. <laughs> inhibitors, yep, yep. Um, so you got the, yeah, the, those issues. Uh, and cloud, um, cloud seems to be a forcing function right now. Um, COVID seems to be a forcing function around cloud migration or a, a, an expedited migration. Mm-hmm. Um, inter- internal security issues is another huge one. Um, a, a lot of folks are, are looking at their uh, platforms uh, that they've run their businesses on for years and years, and they're starting to think about digitization. They're starting to think about how do I compete with these more nimble people uh, in the market, uh, yep. the new entrants. Uh, yeah, they're probably nimble. I mean, I'm assuming the new en- entrants, a lot of them are using cloud, and, and that creates some advantages in terms of uh, business nimbleness. Yeah. So I just saw some data And this, to me, seems like a huge trigger for, uh, and I imagine a lot of companies are faced with, if not exactly this, something similar. And it's when a server that you've been using comes end of life, end of support, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge trigger, and I would think accelerator to move to the cloud, because, I mean, what option do you have? I mean, are you going to go really? I mean, are you really going to go buy another piece of iron? It just yeah. seems like such a foolish thing to do, as opposed to the easy flip of the switch to move it into the cloud. I mean, would you agree that those types of triggers are are influencing and having an effect? Yeah, absolutely, and 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 not just the um, sunsetting of, of of operating systems and and, and applications, as you pointed out, uh, but. Also, you know, beyond that, having um, having a need to um, update them uh, without having the resources uh, right. technically to to do so in a, in a non disruptive fashion, um, the cloud can become like a second data center grant, or that that a company can build a, a a bridge to, if that makes sense, to go from their sort of sinking ship of outdated or uh, end of life software to a more updated stack where everything in the stack, not just the server grant, but like the, the switches, the routers, the yeah. firewalls, everything is up to date. It's and so that's a big attraction. Yeah. 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 And that's a big and it's done by somebody else. It's not done on your dime, which I think is also another attract, attractive thing. You know, I guess I think of the other side of that uh, coin, the other uh, edge on that sword. And what I mean specifically is customers sometimes get lulled into complacency because, well, you're taking care of it for me, right? 
AWS has got that. I don't have to worry about that. They've patched it for me. They've maintained it for me. And the fact is, that's really not accurate at all, is it? I mean, it's really, that can be a false sense of security, I guess, is what I'm suggesting. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I think the way the way it's articulated uh, is folks assume that when they spin up a, a new VM, for example, um, that somehow magically uh, a cloud provider is going to continue to, you know, uh, maintain the patch level. But if you think about it, they can't because if what if they were to install a patch on one of your cloud servers and it actually breaks your application? Right. Whose responsibility is that? It would be the cloud provider for exactly. patching. Yeah, exactly. Consent. Yeah. So so it's not set it and forget it. It's 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 a model grant um, that NIST has also been pushing out and Microsoft and, and, and even Amazon around this concept of um, a shared responsibility with the application owner. And so there's a shared responsibility that Microsoft or whomever is going to take care of, uh, you know, the, the stuff that is not uh, yours. Right. Like the, the network, the switches and all that, you know, plumbing. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you are responsible for that um, that that server or set of servers uh, in making sure and making decisions about whether they get patched or not or when they get patched and whether it's. Um, but but again, a great thing about the cloud um, is being able to have uh, multiple environments spun up quickly to accelerate that testing grant that can really help. Yep. Yep. And you know, what I always do is I oversimplify things because, you know, I'm the Gilligan here, not the professor. I usually bifurcate it very simply with in and of, right? Of is what they take care of. In is what you need to secure. So whatever's in it, Whatever you put in it, whatever you run in it, that's your responsibility. Of that physical environment, that's what the cloud providers. And, of course, that is a graying scale, so to speak, if you, as you move from SaaS to PaaS or infrastructure as a service or something like that. But certainly if I'm moving my data center into the public cloud and I'm now going to use public cloud, more of a concern is around that whole posture thing, right? Where everything being API driven, am I tying all the appropriate strings down? That seems to be where people get into trouble most often, isn't it? It can be. I mean, it depends on the type of, I mean, there are generally three three types of cloud, right? There's the infrastructure as a service, there's platform as a service, um, uh, and, and, and then there's <clears throat> SaaS as we know it, sort of like Salesforce-y kind of applications like that. So really there are three, three kind of do dominant uh, models in cloud. And um, I guess the most, <clears throat> if you're using something that's a past service where it's a platform as a service, then you're, you're kind of responsible for your code and, 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 you know, your crypto keys and all of those things that are effectively to your point stuff that you've put in there. Um, and I think your rule applies to the three areas of cloud because it, it really does delineate with past. It's your code that you're putting out there, right. And your data, uh, with infrastructure as a service, it's it's your operating systems, your applications, and your data that you're putting on there. Uh, and with SaaS, it's just your data for the most part that you're putting in there, right? And and that that responsibility model uh, is still shared, 
but I think I would say the infrastructure as a service is where it really comes into much sharper focus around who is responsible for what and, and where. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's just black and white. You've got servers that, you know, your company, your organization is running uh, and they're clearly running under your account and, and, they, and they're your responsibility. I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, whereas in a past type platform, um, you're going to be loading up your, 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 your builds and your microservices or containers or compiled containers or whatnot up onto their system uh, for them to figure out how much uh, resource to allocate and how to keep those operating systems secure and, and network secure and so forth. So, so historically, I would say PaaS is probably – PaaS and SaaS can be the, the more secure of the two or tend to be the more secure of the two if done properly. Um, and the reason why uh, infrastructure as a service um, is probably the most vulnerable is simply it just has the most stuff or the most moving parts grand that can go wrong. Right, right. And it is, for all intended purpose, the most reflective of what we've been doing traditionally on premise, right? The, the complexity there that we're trying to move into, uh, into cloud computing. And everything being software defined. Uh, everything's kind of driven by APIs, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a very uh, yeah. So you're right. So, so it's funny you say that because if you do pick infrastructure as a service, your service provider, your cloud provider, is going to be using a set of software themselves that you may not see all of, which are which is called orchestration software, right? And and what is orchestration software? Well. Orchestration software is what creates that server when you click the button and say, spin up a new server for me, right? Right. That's all orchestration, you know, and um, so those those APIs, so even the ones that don't expose an API, um, and pretty much every cloud provider provides something, but uh, for those that do not expose, um, you can sure as heck bet that they've got a set of internal uh, APIs and such that they're constantly using to manage the customer cloud, if that makes sense. Right. Sure. Sure. Because we can't move at the speed of cloud if we don't automate. Right. I mean, I, yep. I, I, I just think that it's impossible to take full advantage of the environment if we don't. Correct. That is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct, Grant. We cannot we cannot do that without automation and, and, and orchestration. And so, uh, but again, security comes back into the picture with, um, you know, how do I protect those API interfaces? Um, how do I, you know, and there are a lot of security issues around cloud too, Grant. It's not just, you know, someone uh, didn't patch something and something got broken into or data got stolen. Um, strangely, um, a lot of the first uh, uh, fraudulent uh, activities that I, I saw out there in the wild uh, were not actually um, <clears throat> d- uh, really focused around, uh, you know, stealing data or things of that nature, but rather stealing resources. So, right. you know, the, you know, mining, you know, right? Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. yeah. People, people, yeah, people, people taking over people's cloud accounts to do crypto mining or, or taking over cloud accounts to do all kinds of, of things. And a lot of times, you know, it's funny, one of the most uh, interesting uh, indicators or red flags um, or, 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 or could we say important monitoring elements you would never think of is monitoring your monthly bill. From the cloud provider, because that often provides the first clue 
that something has gone wrong or someone else is in your system because if you know your your cloud bill is ten thousand a month, and then all of a sudden it jumps up to a hundred thousand in you know the next two weeks. Yep. You either have a lot of business and should be really happy, or Someone else has gotten in there and is using your compute resources on your dollar uh, and doing things, and that's bad. Yeah, and, you know, George, I I often refer to the sprawl and drift potential in cloud, and I refer to it, quoting the late, great Yogi Berra, and what I refer to is I refer to what you've already mentioned, virtualization. Right. Because it was a real problem then. I think that was back around the time when you and I had met when virtualization was taking off. It presented new challenges because of inter VM communications and vMotion and and, uh, and, and and just visibility and, and the sprawl. Right. The guys are yeah. spinning up uh, new machines now. If you thought that was bad, I mean, it's just exacerbated because it can happen from anywhere on the planet if I happen to have the right credentials. Yeah. Now, that's a very, very, very astute uh, observation. You know, 10 years ago, um, you had VMware uh, and it, it was it was sort of a, a semi-controlled environment, right? Even internally in the in the walls of the data center. And I remember uh, at the time uh, building secure solutions for different industries, um, healthcare, and you know things of that nature. Uh, and one of the one of the interesting parts about you know the, the whole VMware and and having uh, this this sort of mini cloud. Uh, in your environment is, you know, you're 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 effectively re- re- responsible for that, and there were all kinds of, you know, questions around, you know, can 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 memory be accessed within you know the same VM um, VMware in- instances, right? Right. You had all of these these new issues uh, that came about just with VMware. Yeah. And, and now you take that model. And yes. you put that VMware, you put that stuff in that orchestration layer and all that stuff in, in hardware, software, memory networks in the, uh, you know, in global data centers in the cloud. And one of the things that customers used to say to me, even back then, in the, in the early days of, of, of internal, you know, VMware virtualization was, I, I'm interested in securing my SAP system if I can find it. <laughs> and and I say, what do you mean if you can find it? And they said, well, with the new you know orchestration stuff that we have, it will move right the SAP, the database, the whatever, to di- unpredictably to different parts of the of the network and different servers in an automated fashion. And so our challenge right now, George, is not how do we lock down ABAP and these other you know modules and, and, and codes with an SAP, mm. but how, how do we even find and track <laughs> on a daily basis where our SAP is residing? Uh, that was their first, and I and I said, you know what? That's a really good uh, a really good point. That's there needs funny. to be a, 
way of tracking this stuff. That's funny. But, you know, this too is one of the things that I speak about. I, I often mention when these occurrences occurred with virtualization, we couldn't let our hair down and stop doing any of the things that we had done heretofore, right? I mean, we had to continue to do all of the same things from a security perspective, but we needed new capabilities because there were new problems, new challenges. We're in that same boat again, but I would suggest it is exponentially greater And I'm talking about trying to unify because now HA means Azure and AWS, right? That's a different kind of HA uh, or DR strategy, which many enterprises are employing. My point is now I've got two different cloud providers that use different terminology. Harmonizing and unifying all of that can be really a bugger. Yeah. No, it can be an extremely difficult uh, task. Uh, and, uh, and you're just talking about, you know, architecturally building out and, and, and you know, uh, getting it up and going. And really, the watermark that you want to reach for in that area um, is, and this may sound uh, shocking to some, is... How well are you protected in the cloud? How fast do you move when the cloud moves at the speed of DevOps? And do you have the confidence you see everything you need to see, good or bad? Checkpoint Software. Cloud with confidence. See it. Control it. Secure it. You really want to be able to... um, almost load balance between the two different or three different providers. In other words, today we're running an Amazon, tomorrow we're running in a different cloud, Microsoft perhaps, or Rackspace or wherever. Yep. And, and, and having that ability to continually shift your workload um, so that you're not doing disaster recovery as a event-based um, thing, like something bad happened. Rather, it's being done automatically yes. with the help of some of these orchestration tools, ideally. But getting that set up uh, the right way, Grant, is a bugger to begin with. Yeah, but you know, one of the things, it's interesting you brought this up, George, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, because this is, I thought, extraordinary. I mean, there's so many exciting aspects and changes, or let's call them reformations like zero trust and micro segmentation and all of that you know i mean it's really it offers some exciting new capabilities when you look at the environments differently uh, and start to employ them differently the way i describe micro segmentation is imagine having a piece of rope 100 feet long and if you have any problem with any of the rope you have to replace it all versus a hundred feet of rope that is in one foot pieces that magically sticks together. Any place you have a problem, you can go in, take out that one foot, put in the next one, and voila, you're okay. I mean, really a brilliant strategy. And, And now when you start talking about utilizing two disparate cloud providers as failover to the other, I mean, that really offers some amazing capabilities, but I got to believe that it's going to be really challenging to architect and to utilize. 
Yeah, it, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, it's not for the it's not for the faint of heart. Um, and that's the stuff you guys do, right? I mean, that's kind of yeah. where you're you're focused on. Yes. Yeah. So so, you know, we've I've been doing a cloud before it was cloud. I had a patent in cloud. Actually, you can it can be looked up uh, uh, somewhere in the three millions or something uh, around uh, building out a, a cloud uh, platform uh, uh, for a, a very large software company to deliver all their their boxed software via um, you know via the cloud. Uh, and I got to tell you, you know, there are no two architectures that are exactly alike. There are no two applications that are exactly uh, right. And so, so really, Grant, it's been a matter of, of taking those high level uh, kind of uh, what I'll call principia, uh, which are sort of the, the, you know, the basic principles of cloud security that you might get from like a cloud security alliance or a group like that. Take a group like that as the baseline, go into NIST, look at what they have as sort of the middle layer um, and then looking at your own application uh, and the nuances of that, it, it really is like a three to four lane kind of journey, if you want to you know, call it that, um, to help a company securely uh, migrate uh, to the cloud. Um, it, it, it's, it has to be done. Uh, it has to be done. It, it's interesting because it, it has a set of global kind of uh, best practices, if you want to call them that. Um, but then there is a, an idiosyncratic element of the uh, customer's application or environment, you know, and it, and it can be any number of things. It can be a, there has to be a backhauled VPN to somewhere out west where there's a mainframe running in some um, you know office tower. Or who knows, right? right. There, there can be all kinds of things that play into it, and a lot of companies aren't yet willing to move some of these crit- what I call quote unquote critical. Um, apps like, um, you know, ERP systems. But what's happening in this uh, in this crisis and also in a in a in a series of other uh, smaller crises, uh, both in the uh, past as well as probably in the future is is you're going to see uh, a much stronger forced march and migration and acceleration. No choice. Yeah. So no that, option. That, I mean, you want to be in business, you got to figure it out. Otherwise, you're yeah. out of business. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 now even those people are starting to say, uh, hey, well, wait a minute, maybe email's important or maybe uh, team collaboration is just as important as the ERP system. And we're doing that in the cloud already. Right. And we're doing well. So why don't we consider, you know, moving, you know, and we usually talk about it as when our company is going to move the crown jewels into the cloud. If you were to draw like a timeline, like if you think back in the old days of like paleontology where you looked at like, you know, Jurassic period and whatever periods, there's kind of a a bright line there. Uh, And I would say it's the line is to the left of is all of these people brought non-critical stuff on. And then to the right of that timeline, you know, after the Jurassic period or whatever period, People started bringing in uh, mission critical applications, yeah. not just backing them up, yeah. running them yeah. from the cloud. This is 
such a cyclical process when you look certainly at virtualization, right? Where did it start? It was those techie guys and it goes into test and dev and and, and it just slowly leaks out and the integrity is built uh, and over time now everything's running on it, right? Aren't we seeing the same or very similar cycle in terms of how enterprises are, are really jumping into the cloud, albeit maybe a little bit more accelerated now? Yes, yes. And and, and acceleration is happening right now. Um, and what I think is very interesting, uh, Grant, is that it's happening for different reasons at different sized organizations. So smaller firms uh, that have a, you know, I would call them more stochastic, right, uh, in, in their business model where, you know, they might pivot from one thing to another, you know, every three months or, or you know, startups and, and things of that nature where there's a flexibility and, and a lack of inertia. So th- those, those firms, um, uh, you know, generally tend to pick cloud as a way of, of being able to accelerate innovation. Mid-sized firms, I think, are the most interesting. Um, and those, those firms, uh, the newer ones of them, are in pretty good shape. Most of them have grown up in a virtualized cloud slash hybrid environment, and they've done pretty well. Uh, and then the larger firms, strangely enough, where there's a lot more resources, you would think that that would be a, um, a hot spot in terms of, of you know, uh, migration and, and, and being impacted by accelerators. And the reality is, is that I think the larger firms have a lot more uh, inertia uh, that's both protective uh, as well as potentially dangerous uh, in their migrations to cloud. Yeah, and so, interesting. I'm reminded of a statistic that I lead my presentation with, one that I've been doing recently. I talk about the enormous growth of the cloud, the you know near 30% compound annual growth rate for IaaS alone. I mean, it's just crazy. And then I put up a slide and remind my audiences that the total spend on cloud in 2018 was less than 5% of the entire spend on IT. So the the moral of the story is we are not taking full advantage of and really leveraging. And I think that's what you're speaking of, those large organizations that may not really be exercising the cloud in a manner that they could be. Correct. Yes. Yes, that's absolutely right. And let me ask you the question um, about uh, about the uh, since we mentioned the Gilligan and the uh, professor in this case researcher. What do you think the percent of of uh, cybersecurity spend is within that five percent grant? Oh, within the five percent that's on cloud, how much is cybersecurity within that percent? Oh, yeah. I know it's not being spent on security tools and posture management tools like it should be. Correct. So, so that, so that, that in itself is. And that's, yeah. I'm going to interrupt you real quickly and say that's exactly why Gartner has publicly stated at least 99% of all cloud failures will be the customer's fault because they yeah. know it's going to be ready, fire, aim, and they're going to be making huge mistakes. Of course, unless. 
they're smart and they reach out to an organization like Leto Security, I suspect that would be one of the things they could do to avoid making those mistakes. Is that right? Yeah. And, and, and again, we're not, you know, you know, we're pretty agnostic and, you know, we're, we, we'd love to work with your organization uh, as much as possible in terms of, uh, you know, helping people from a consultative standpoint. Um, and yeah, yeah, we, we, you know, we really, one of the big, I think the biggest issue uh, or the, the failure, I guess we'll call it failure mode, right? Because we're talking about, um, we're talking about fault and failure. Uh, one of the biggest failure modes that, that that we see out there is customers that opt for the lift and shift, right? And you know, the, there's there's a few different ways of doing cloud. Uh, one of them is lift and shift, where you just take a server that's running under someone's developer's desk, and you say, okay, that's no longer that SQL database is now going to be in the cloud, and you're going to have to connect to it over, a, you know, a secure connection or our VPN or whatever. Um, that tends to be the, one of the biggest mistakes because what they end up doing is they end up taking the same exact application they had that was sitting in their data center collecting dust and moving it into another data center. Um, and it's not really a cloud migration. A cloud migration would then would really break apart the application and and give it, you know, um, you know, three web servers and then, you know, four, I don't know, business logic layer kind of, you know, services and then maybe redundant database back end. Whereas when it all lives on one box, it's sitting on one hard drive yeah, or no, a beta ray, right? Such, I mean, these are words of wisdom I'm going to just reiterate to my audience because I think you're spot on and I think it's a big mistake and one that's uh, perpetuated by some uh, vendors they'll go unmentioned, where, oh, you've already virtualized? Well, just come on, move those VMs up into the cloud. It's easy. And yeah. it really can be catastrophic, especially if you want to try to make full use of the cloud and some of the cloud native features and capabilities. That's where you really get into trouble. And and because we're talking about business acceleration, um, we're talking about business cost. And when you do that lift and shift model, yep. you don't get any of those cost savings, scalability. Um, you don't get any of those. You, you, you get very little of the good stuff. I mean, I guess the one thing you do inherit, which I think we can at least both agree on, is that the server is no longer sitting under a developer's desk. It's now sitting, uh, you know, in a secure data center with barbed wire fences and biometrics and, you know, real security because all these data centers that are cloud, you know, that are cloud provider utilized are, um, you know, they have many, many NIST um, and uh, other uh, ISO and other certifications of provable security from a physical standpoint. So, yeah. so you do inherit something, yeah. uh, but it's, it's kind of, you know, janitor tripping over the power cord on the developer's machine under his desk or right. her desk right that's really you know that's probably the most you get out of it and then when it comes time to um scale you throw a load balancer in front of it <laughs> and you spin up five more of the exact same server that was under the desk and now you're paying five times as much um as you were when the thing was setting under the desk yep it's clear, certainly from my perspective, talking with various folks, and I'm sure you'll agree that 
there's some mistakes you can make. You have to keep an eye on your business. You can't just move everything into the cloud and think it's going to be okay. You can't lift and shift. You can't just set it and forget it. It's not a set it and forget it environment. There's new practices, new behaviors that really are required when you move to the cloud. And if you don't do it right, you can make some big boo-boos. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I have, you know, I, I mean, we're obviously security experts and, and, and I'm adept in cloud and VMware, but, uh, you know, we have other we have other groups, um, other partners uh, like uh, the Gordway Group uh, and other experts who have been, you know, really, really good, um, uh, extremely top notch, um, you know, been doing this for 20 you know, years as long as this has been going on kind of stuff, uh, partners that we can turn to. Uh, and get them involved uh, to to help on some of the more, you know, some more of the application sort of should I break this app? You know, how many pieces should I cut the pie into kind of right. questions, right? <clears throat> right. So, you know, we, 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 we will turn to them and, and you know, and, and work with other folks like and even your organization. We have a customer who needs, uh, you know, help. Um, we'll, we will, you know, we'll look at your offerings and capabilities uh, and, and how they could be most put to use effectively within the customer's model. I love having contacts like you, George, because I know if I go to you and I ask you your advice or your for your help or your recommendation that I'm always going to get a very pragmatic, academic and accurate response, not one that's filled with bias or tendencies to one vendor or another. And I got to tell you, I really appreciate you taking the time to come in and talk with me today. Uh, I've taken up a ton of your time. Any final parting thoughts that you'd like to share before we sign off? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks uh, for for having me, and I and I hope we can have other discussions in the future about other topics uh, of interest. But I, I would say, uh, you know, the parting thought really is um, uh, educate your your teams, both business um, and more so business than technology. But uh, what's left of technology and what you have in business, educate them on the pros and cons, and that can just be a simple. Here are one slide of the great things about cloud, and here's one thing that's not so great about it for, for, for a given organization. So beginning to educate those, uh, you know, uh, executives beyond CapEx versus OpEx uh, concepts is huge. Uh, and then lastly, just getting on board sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, and, don't, and don't go it alone. I mean, there's no reason to go it alone. Um, you yeah. know, there are plenty of professionals out there like us and like your organization and others that can really get it done right the first time without putting your organization in jeopardy. And I think that's really, really, I think, you know, it doesn't matter how immature you are on cloud, get started today. And I don't care if that's just opening up and reading about, um, you know, one of these services, it's studying, it's, it's, it's any number of things, but just get the ball rolling, get, break the inertia yeah. is what I think Grant is my conclusion to, to you know, to That's really, it applies to everybody. Brilliant. Just, yeah, I, I'm reminded of the great Mark Twain, and he said the best way to get ahead is to get started. And it sounds like that's what you're advocating. Hey, George, this has really been a pleasure. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. I'll definitely ask to uh, have you back, and we'll continue the conversation, all right? 
Thank you so much, Grant, for having me. It was my pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining me for this episode of Talking Cloud. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I love talking with these cloud experts. They teach me and hopefully you so much about avoiding the pitfalls, how we can really take advantage of this awesome thing called cloud computing. So until next episode, thank you very much. We'll be talking to you again soon. Take care. Yeah.